You're listening to the Food Freedom Life Podcast. My name is Brittany Allison, and I spent six plus years stuck in diet binge cycles, hating my body, and envying others who seem to have it all because I never felt enough. What I discovered in my journey to food freedom and becoming a registered dietitian is this. You can either live your life at war with your mind or learn to work in sync with it. So if you're ready to learn how to be in tune with yourself and evolve your life, welcome to the show. I don't know about you, but I kind of feel like I'm in this weird twilight zone. Like I'm really just having a hard time believing that it's almost 2023. It just feels like time keeps going by faster and faster and faster. And it's really, it's really scary, but I'm thankful that we are approaching this new year. It's kind of like a collective renewal. There's just always something about the energy of the new year that brings this refreshment to my life. And maybe it does for you too. It feels very soul renewing. And I think we just do allow ourselves to feel a sense of newness come January 1st. So I'm very excited for 2023. And at the end of each year, I like to really reflect on the previous year, what I've accomplished, what lessons I've learned, as well as what intentions I want to bring into the new year. So what we're going to talk about today on the podcast is how to set New Year's resolutions that stick. And for those of you who have been struggling with holiday food anxiety and body image challenges, we're also going to talk about how to navigate the all too common New Year's pressure to do something, make a huge change come January 1 so that instead of simply surviving this holiday season, we can thrive. But before we dive in, one thing that I want to say that is very, very important is that if you are listening to this podcast, it's very likely that you are a goal-driven person right? You probably have high standards for yourself. You're focused on achievement. You're focused on self-growth and development. And I want to give you permission to know that it is okay to not resolve to change yourself every single year. We don't always have to be in achievement or goal-setting mode. And it's really important that we also just practice the art of being, the art of appreciating who we are, of appreciating where we're at that has nothing to do with our achievements and our goals and our resolutions, right? We don't always need these things. And sometimes they can just add more pressure and stress than is really healthy or positive or even productive for our lives. So while I'm going to be talking about New Year's resolutions that stick and how to make them, I want you to also just tune into yourself and see if perhaps this might be a year where you practice, instead of trying to achieve and grow and evolve, you just practice the art of being. Because when we learn to slow down and we learn to pause a little bit more and appreciate ourselves and cultivate more gratitude, that just helps us really embody who we are. And so maybe those are some of the resolutions that you're going to have. And I just, again, want to encourage you to not feel a pressure to set new goals especially when the new year comes around, because you're going to hear a lot of people talking about New Year's resolutions and goals, and we don't always need to be in achievement mode. I think that can just bring a lot more anxiety. So again, with that said, let's get into how to set New Year's resolutions that stick. First of all, I know that you've heard me use the word resolution now, but I am actually not a fan really of the word resolution, but I do use this word because it gets thrown around a lot this time of year. And those of you who've used it before are probably wanting to set new goals and resolutions. And maybe you were even attracted to this podcast episode because I said New Year's resolutions. However, I'm really going to encourage you to replace the word resolutions with intentions. Because I think the word intention is a little bit more inviting, it's a little bit more encouraging, and when we resolve to change something, that can seem so, so big and very dramatic and kind of overwhelming, even if we want to make it big, right? Even if we want to make big changes, it can just make it overwhelming. So the word intention 
just works a little bit better for me anyways and my clients I find that as well because it creates an objective to shift where you place your energy to produce just a different outcome in your life whereas when you resolve to change something it sometimes is very overwhelming so I love the word intention instead so let's just use that from here on out. So I'm going to talk about how we can set New Year's intentions that stick, that we follow through on, because a lot of the times, I don't know about you, but a lot of the times in the past for me, I kind of switched my goal setting method into intention setting and because I would set these New Year's resolutions, these New Year's goals, and I'd be super, super into them for January and then come February, I, I fizzled out and I was just disappointed in myself and this cycle has repeated for so many years. I can't even tell you how many times this has happened. And so let's talk about how not to fizzle out and focus on things that you want to put your energy into and create or evolve or attract in the new year. To do that, I'm going to take you through my end of year reflection. And my birthday is actually at the end of the year as well. My my birthday is December 29th. It was yesterday as I'm recording this. (laughs) So I find that it's just a really reflective time for me and I think that it is really helpful for me and I think that it might be helpful for you too. So the way that it works is at the end of every year around Christmas when we have some time off for the holidays, this is what I love to do. I often do it and start thinking about this when I'm laying in bed before I'm going to go to sleep. I just start reflecting on the past year and kind of thinking about the year coming forward. So this is my process. I start by reflecting on the top three highlights from the previous year. And I just like to, when I get a chance, kind of jot these down in my journal or I put them in my notes app on my phone. Honestly, that probably happens more often than actually writing them down in a journal. So what were the top three highlights of 2022, of the previous year? And the reason I like to start with this is because I think when we go into setting our intentions, it's really important to put ourselves into just this place of gratitude instead of going in with this energy of, oh man, this year sucked. It was awful. It was hard. I need to do things differently in the upcoming year. You know, some people have suffered job losses or it's been hard for money or other challenging things may have come up this year. And it, you know, it's, if that's the kind of energy that we're going to go into the new year is running away from the past year because of how hard it was, I think it's way more productive to set intentions to be running towards something instead of running away from this big scary monster that, you know, 2022 may have been in some of your lives. So I think if we can start to put ourselves in this position of gratitude, it gives us the fuel that's going to take us further than fear. And when you know, you know, when a year is hard, it's like, man, I hope 2023 is entirely different than 2022. And we're operating from this place of fear. And that energy, it's a draining emotion to store inside of us. And so I like to switch into the state of gratitude before I set intentions, because I want to move towards my visions. I don't want to be fueled by fear and by running away. So let's start by pulling out our top three highlights. And this is really important because Again, we get sucked into black and white thinking and just thinking that last year was an awful year. It sucked. And while that is true, remember that you can hold space for both realities. I'm really big on this. I've had some awesome moments in 2022, but it's also been one of the most challenging years of my life, it feels like, but also one of the most fulfilling years of my life. And that's it. Duality exists in life. It's not all bad. It's not all good. So start by reflecting on the top three highlights from the previous year. 
what were some of the amazing moments? They could be big, they could be small, but what were the joys that you found this year? Pull those out and write them down, whether you write it in a journal or put it in the notes app on your phone. For me this year, I mean, first of all, I lived out my lifelong dream of getting a dog, which was so unbelievably amazing, but I couldn't be in my normal routine because everything had to change to accommodate him. And honestly, that was a really hard adjustment. It was really hard on my mental health, even though it brought so much joy and fun and happiness and fulfillment. Remember to hold space for both realities. So pull out the good and think about your top three highlights. Find gratitude. That's step one. The next part of this exercise is to jot down your top three lessons from the previous year. Reflect on how you've grown. What did you do? What did you learn from the past year? I think as we reflect on our growth and how far we've come, you know, some of the the hardship, it really does create beautiful things in our life. If we can look at it, we can pull out the lessons. We can tease them out. For me personally, you know, I used to resent the fact that I struggled for so many years with my eating disorder and body image issues because it really did feel like it stole so much from my life. But I've gotten to the point where I can look back on my eating disorder and I can actually be really glad that I went through it because it taught me so many lessons. It shaped me into the person that I am today. It built my resilience and put me in a spirit of perseverance that I don't know if I would have to the same extent today if I hadn't gone through that. So where can we look at the hardship of the year or the challenges that we face and be thankful for what they taught us? What were the top three lessons that you have learned this year? Write those down. So again, we start with our top three highlights of the previous year so we can put ourselves in a place of gratitude and then we reflect on the top three lessons that you've learned. Next, we're going to get into the new year. So we're going to look forward now. So if we start by reflecting backward, the top three highlights, the top three lessons learned, now we're going to turn and look forward. And when we go to set intentions, I think that we have to remember the science of behavior change. And a lot of you, and myself included, I did this for many years, I would envision my goals, which was kind of the end result that I wanted to achieve. And then I would take it back one step and I would say, okay, what behaviors do I have to focus on in order to create a different result in my life to create a different outcome. And the reality is when you're just focused on your goals and your behaviors, we kind of miss out on the things that precede our behaviors that actually have a really big influence on whether our behaviors feel natural or if they feel forced. So when we look at the science of behavior change, we need to go layers deeper. We need to peel back this onion. And I like to think of it kind of as an onion. On the outside of this onion is the result. The first layer of the onion, when we peel it back, is your behaviors. The layer on the inside of your behaviors is your feelings and your emotions, and those emotions and those feelings influence your behaviors on a daily basis. Because why do you do anything that you do from day to day? It's typically because you feel like doing it. However, if you have a behavior that you're trying to work on, but you don't feel like doing it, you don't know how to cultivate emotions within you that support that behavior, it's going to feel like you're white knuckling it. And that's why so many of us set goals and then we burn out because our emotions aren't supporting our behaviors. So if you go one layer deeper inside that onion, what influences our emotions is our thoughts. And our thoughts are the sentences that run through our head. And even a layer deeper than our thoughts, that is our belief system. Our beliefs are 
the core of true behavior change. So the things that you believe, your identity, the core of who you are, the lens in which you view the world, the ideas of how you work and how the world works and the things that you believe in are what influence the way in which you think that influences the feelings and emotions that you experience, which influence your behaviors and therefore influence the reality that you create in your life. And this is kind of a bit of a a tangent maybe, but I wanted to go there because I wanted to give you kind of an overview of how to actually set intentions that stick and be able to follow through. And I, I just wanted to share this kind of short synopsis before I get into the activity because I want you to understand that if you're just thinking about your behaviors, but you're not working on, you know, becoming a better emotional manager or energy manager and you're learning or learning how to respond and cope with emotion and cultivate emotion and learning how to change your belief system, it's unlikely that you're going to get better at changing your reality because you're just focusing on the outer layers of the onion, right? Your behaviors and your goals. And that's again why achieving goals can feel like you're white knuckling it, but I want you to learn how to work more in sync with yourself and in sync with your brain. I want to articulate just how to do this clearly so that you can make this easier for yourself. It can be more on autopilot instead of feeling like it's something that's always an uphill battle to achieve your goals. I want you to be able to set intentions and know that you're going to succeed because you'll have the roadmap to know how to do that. Because if you set resolutions and goals and intentions, but you don't follow through, it's probably because you don't know how to work in sync with your brain and the the science of behavior change. And how would you know how to work in sync with in sync with your brain if nobody ever taught you. So I hope that as we reflect on some of the resolutions or goals or intentions that you had last year that maybe you didn't follow through on, I want you to just release them right now and give yourself a little bit of grace because you can only do the best that you can with the information that you have at the time and you didn't know any better. And I also want you to be grateful that you are learning and you're growing and you're understanding more about all of this and about the science of behavior change. You're not a failure because you've set a goal or a resolution and didn't follow through on it. You are not a robot, you're a human. And as a human, we are multi-dimensional, multifaceted, and sadly, we don't understand as a society collectively, we don't understand much about mental health and how we actually work. And I mean, of course, there are professionals who understand a lot. There's research, there's a science of behavior change, but we're not taught about these things growing up in school. And if your parents don't understand these things, they're also not passing them down to you. So how would you know this? And I just wanted to share that little piece with you in hopes that it'll help release any guilt and shame for just not following through on goals or intentions that you set year after year, because this year it's going to be different, but it's also not going to be perfect. Okay. Because again, you're learning, you're in process and it's a work in progress. Here is the next part of my process, which has four steps. So if you're taking notes, I would write this down. And what you're going to write down is begin, leave behind, confront, and accept. These are four categories that I like to reflect on and think about when I'm setting New Year's intentions. And what I typically like to do is to just keep this small and manageable. Because I don't know about you, but there have been so many years where my intentions and the things that I want to do are about a mile long. And then I get to the end of the year and I'm I'm disappointed. I'm disappointed because I didn't follow through on all the things that I said I was going to follow through on. And this is where 
the leave behind component comes in of the begin, leave behind, uh, confront and accept system. Um, because as humans, we just put way too much on our plate and we have to become more diligent with actually leaving things behind and creating a not to do list to start taking things off of our plate. Because again, we're not robots. We don't have the capacity and the energy and the time to do all of the things that we want to do in the span of a year. I actually heard somewhere once that humans overestimate what they can accomplish in a year and they underestimate what they can accomplish in 10. So all the things that you want to accomplish, you can accomplish, but you can't accomplish them all at once. So what's going to be your focus of 2023? Not accomplishing everything, but what's one focus? So for begin, I like to write down three things that I want to begin. What are three things that I want to start? What are my intentions? What are three behaviors that I want to begin engaging in more regularly? What are three things I want to begin doing in the new year? For me, I want to start reading more. I want to be more consistent with taking care of my health because going back to reflecting on my previous year, taking care of the dog and incorporating that in my life and figuring all that out has really taken precedent. And this is very, very multidimensional, but I'm going to share with you kind of the details of some of my goals. So what are three things that you are interested in starting? And instead of this being just very random and vague, get detailed because the more detailed you are with your goals, the more likely it is that you're going to follow through and act on them you don't have no motivation. You're just lacking direction. You're not clear on when you're going to accomplish it, what's it going to look like, how you're going to do it, and who's going to hold you accountable to do it. So get detailed with these. What do you want to begin? And don't write down 10 things. You have to prioritize three things. What do you want to begin in the new year? The next category you're going to write down is leave behind. And this is my favorite part of writing New Year's intentions because this is the not to do list. What do you want to stop doing? What do you want to leave behind in the previous year? What are some of the things that you need to take off your to do list that can wait, that aren't priority? You have to become diligent in prioritizing, right? Because if you think putting all of the things on your list is going to be motivating, that's not how the science of success works. And behavior change works when we aren't overwhelmed. When we take things off of our list and simplify it, then you start checking things off. That's what's motivating. So let's set ourselves up to succeed. So what are some of the things on your leave behind list? And you can write down more than three things here. You can write down as many as you want to. And I would encourage you to write down as many things that you can think of that you want to stop doing. And I know some of you are listening to this and thinking that this might give you a bit of anxiety to think of stopping doing something. But here are some ideas that I want you to consider. I want you to consider that perhaps the pressure that you've put on yourself is leaking present energy from your life to show up and be the person that you ultimately want to be. It's, it's keeping you from having the energy to direct to the things that you want to direct them to. And this is where prioritization becomes a skill that we have to practice by reflecting on where we're leaking energy. We can't just keep setting goals, more and more goals without taking things off of our list. We also have to have not to-do lists, not just to-do lists, (laughs) but not to-do lists. So this helps in the prioritization process. Some of the things that I would maybe want you to consider and think about is just where are you stretched thin? 
Could you maybe say no to taking on extra projects at work that aren't part of your responsibilities? Could you stop saying yes to volunteering? Could you stop saying yes to going to all of the social events and functions? Even if you don't really want to go, you're just going because you're trying to be nice and you can leave that behind. So you can buy back energy and time and resource for you to be able to put into things that you actually want to start doing. So make a leave behind list, not a not to do list. And it can be things that you want to get to later, but just not in 2023 or not in the first quarter of 2023. Remember that you can do and accomplish all of the things, but you can't do and accomplish them all at once. So what are you not going to do? What are you going to leave behind? And this might also be things like, I'm not going to wake up first thing in the morning and scroll social media. I'm going to make this commitment to myself. And maybe under your begin category, you're going to start making a morning routine. So in order for you to do that, you're going to leave behind going to bed really, really late. Again, these are just some ideas for you. On to the next categories of confront and accept. What are some of the things in your life that you need to confront? Some of the things that are maybe impacting your well-being. Maybe they're impacting your feelings of confidence or maybe there's an area of unresolved conversation that is creating some tension in a relationship. So you need to kind of, you know, confront the difficulty of having a hard conversation. You need to confront the reality that you're not very financially literate or what are some of the things that you just need to face? Are there things that are in your heart when you hear me say this that come to mind? I think our intuition often knows best what we need to face and just think about unresolved conflicts in your life. And honestly, for me, for a really long time, it was that I hadn't told my parents about my eating disorder. And 2022 is my year. I finally did it. Took a long time. So be gentle on yourself with this category too, because I know that it's tough. But what are one to three things that you want to confront in the new year to improve your overall sense of well-being, your overall quality of life? What could you face? Are there health challenges that you need to face and figure out? Are there relationship issues that you need to confront and figure out? Are there financial things that you need to confront and you need to figure out? What are some things that you need to confront that will improve your quality of life, even if it's scary to face them? Now, the final part is accept. Maybe many of you listening to this podcast could benefit from setting an intention to embrace your body, accept who you are unapologetically, accept your passions, even if they maybe go against friends or family's ideals. When you think about this category of accept, I'd like you to think about this idea of self-acceptance. I'm very passionate about learning to accept ourselves and maybe some of you need to embrace a knowing of your worthiness that you are perhaps worthy of receiving help or support. You need to accept this idea that you're worthy of receiving love. You need to accept this idea that you're worthy of this incredible life and experiences. You're worthy of financial abundance. You need to accept certain gifts and ideas that will open up to you when you come from this place of receiving instead of keeping you blocked off from things that are actually meant for you. And part of our job as individuals is character development. It's strengthening our sense of self-worth by knowing that we are intrinsically worthy, not because we have to earn it, but because we are living, breathing human beings. We are intrinsically worthy. Our value exists outside of anything that we could accomplish. And I think setting an intention to embrace who you are outside of anybody else's opinions is so, so important who would you be if nobody else's opinion mattered? 
I think setting an intention to accept yourself, cultivate deeper confidence is so powerfully transformative because what it allows us to do is to show up and live more passionate and meaningful lives because we're able to live out our gifts and we don't operate from fear of other people's judgments. We need to accept the courage to be disliked. As you develop more and find more confidence and you live more unapologetically, you may become more polarizing. And in fact, you should set a goal to become more polarizing. And here's why. Because if you are really passionate about living out your dream, whatever that may be, fulfilling your purpose, discovering what your true purpose is, deciding what it is and living it out, you are going to repel some people. And that is okay. That's a sign of you stepping into your fullness. And as you repel certain people, you're also going to retract. You're also going to attract people who resonate with you, who resonate with your message, who want to align with you and support you in your dreams and your goals and live out your passion with you. So when it comes to setting New Year's intentions that stick in this category of accept, I want you to think of some areas of who you are beyond just your body that you need to practice accepting. If you let go of, for example, your parents' judgment or ideals, if you let go of what other people thought of you and and just embrace who you are at your core, if nobody else's opinion mattered, what would you embrace about yourself? So take some time to think about what you need to accept. And again, here's a recap of the entire New Year's intention setting process. Step one, start by reflecting on your top three highlights of your previous year to position your heart in a place of gratitude. Step two is to reflect on your top three lessons that you've learned from this year. How did you grow? How did you evolve? What did you learn? And then getting into our intention setting process, what are one to three things that we are going to begin? How many things can we leave behind so that we can buy back time and resource and energy? Then what do we need to confront in order to improve our overall well-being and quality of life? What things have we put off that we need to look head on and face this year? And then lastly, what do we need to practice accepting? Where do we need to let go of other people's opinions? What do we need to embrace? Where do we need to increase our sense of self-acceptance? Strengthen our own identity and practice the skill of confidence. What do we need to embrace a little more moving into 2023? So I hope that these tips were helpful for you. The last thing that I want to leave you with is just a quick discussion on weight loss goals because I think the new year kind of pressures us and diet culture does a really, really good job of pressuring us into feeling like we need to lose weight in the new year. And I would just challenge you to make 2023 the year that you tackle your relationship with food and your body so that you can have forever freedom. Not everybody is going to be in that same place as you. People in your life are going to be having different goals than you, but you know what's best for you, you know in your heart where you need to put your energy. And so I would like to invite you to be a part of Food Freedom University, my group coaching program in 2023. I would love to have you starting right off the bat in January. And we get started on January 9th or 11th, depending on which group you want to join. And this is so, so important because when we set weight loss as our primary focus, it's so much pressure And weight loss goals are actually correlated in the research with weight gain over time. So we have to learn how to work in sync with our mind to get to a place where you have an easy and effortless relationship with food and confidence in your own skin. And setting a weight loss goal is not the way to do it. Because if you do it, yeah, you might be able to white knuckle it for a while. And remember the analogy of the onion. 
right? If you have a goal and then you try to change your behaviors and you white knuckle it, eventually you're going to snap and you're going to be on this hamster wheel over and over and over again. I want to help you get off the hamster wheel. It would be such an honor to be your coach. This is my passion. This is the thing that really just lights me up. And so I want to welcome you into the Food Freedom University community and support you. That would make me so happy in 2023. So if you're at all interested, all you have to do is go to brittanyallisonrd.com slash group hyphen coaching. And then once you're on that webpage, you'll see a place where you can schedule a free discovery call with me to see if this program is a good fit for you based on where you're at in your relationship with food and your body. And if it's not a good fit, I'll let you know. I'll share resources with you. This call is absolutely zero pressure. Very lastly, I just wanted to remind you, don't forget to subscribe to the show so that you can be reminded each week when I drop a new episode. Thank you again for joining me today and I will see you next time. Happy New Year.